Hello and welcome to the Hugenhoff Podcast. Before we actually start the show today, I want to mention that I had just a little bit of trouble with the audio. Um, My guest's audio came in a little bit louder than mine did, so he's doing most of the talking, but you may keep your volume turned down when you hear me talking at first, because he will be a little bit louder. Hopefully I'll have this fixed by the next podcast that has to do with my recording software. So I do apologize, but please enjoy the show. Thank you. Episode 5. Remember, if you want to visit our website, feel free to do so at www.hugenhoff.org. That's H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F dot org. If you had any questions about today's podcast or any podcast, or if you wanted to give us ideas for future shows, please email us at hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, that said... I am your host, Byron, and today I have a very special guest. My guest is my brother, Devin. So, today we are going to jump right into the topic, and the topic for today is, what is also true to you? So, Devin, uh, it's a difficult question, but can you <coughs> sum up also true in just a few sentences for us? Well, I suppose to begin with, you know, Ozatru, um or Odinism is really, at least to me, it's kind of an all-encompassing thing. It's say, it's something that's more than just a religion or something I subscribe to. It's really more a part of me, part of my identity and myself and all of this is a part of the religion. And it's also a description of how I live my life and how I present myself to the world, really. Okay. Um, could you give a quick description of, uh, well, I'm trying to think of exactly how to put the question, but I guess also true is, uh, the religion where we honor our, our ancestral gods. Um, did you have anything else to add in that vein of it? Yes, um, well, also true is it's the ancestral religion of uh, the peoples of Northern Europe. Um, and really what also true really encompasses is it's a faith of not only of ancestral beliefs and ancient beliefs, but also a modern faith, a living faith, uh, a faith of, that really goes in for today. Um, it, it's... Uh, it really has a lot of descriptions to it. Um, I think some of the bigger things would come in, go into some of our um, our values and our we have values and our morals. Um, might be more of a different description than than some faiths out there. Um, pretty much what what we are is more of a belief of with a morality and an ethics that kind of describes the same things that truly our ancestors and our families should have put in, put towards our 
people for today. It's really kind of where we have come from, you know. And and like I said, it is something that's kind of all encompassing. Um, one of the biggest morals I think dies are true, and the value of us are true, kind of goes into family. And I'm sure many faiths do go into family and family relations. Um, as we see it, it is a major description of the entire religion. As we have begin, you know, our people or have begun from a very early time. You know, our religion is one of the oldest oldest religions on the earth right now. Um, you know, it really is lost in prehistory where it began. Um, you know, we we really value a lot of lore and how we know more about our about our ancestry of beliefs and the faith of where we came from. Kind of originates from lore that. Are you still there? I seem to have lost you. Yeah, sorry about that. No, that's fine. No, but um, yeah, but really, um, ancient texts uh, that have come down to us and really have been passed down to us from our ancestors back from many hundreds and thousands of years ago. Originally, the, many of these texts were passed down from uh, basically within the family. You know, before writing, it was more of stories that were passed down. And well, what this has given us today, we continue this. Of course, they're in written stories now, but they continue to show us the value of family and the importance of some of our more important values like oaths. That oathing is a very important thing to us. And, okay. And, um, let's go ahead and kind of uh, refocus um, and move on to our first discussion. We are, you've already hit on it a little bit, but really talking about Asatru morals and what are some of the Asatru morals. So I think that you mentioned both family and oaths, and let's go ahead and start by saying if you are an Asatruer or an Odinist, if, if you follow the Northern Gods, what do you have to think about family? Obviously, they have to be important in some way, but what exactly are your beliefs on family and the importance of family connections and how you look out for and protect your family? Um, I suppose on family. Um, family is, yes, one of our more important values, and uh, I suppose a big part is to make sure we're a part of our family. You know, we need to make sure we spend time with our family. We we know who they are. We make that connection to family, even though many times it can be difficult. And I think this is one of the great challenges for us, really, in this era, you know, is that, you know, we have our lives are so busy, and we have so many other things we're trying to do, but it's hard. It's very easy to kind of let family and family duties slip away from us. But uh, but I really think that's the important thing of Oz True. One thing that Oz True does is it does keep us together. It keeps family together and maintains that structure to come together on a regular basis, to know your family, to, to help each other out too, which is a very important thing. You have to make sacrifices for your family and for you know, you know the people you're around and and also for you know, if you if you're married, if you have children, you have to do the same thing. You have to provide for those children, provide for that family, and also greater family too. You know, we believe very important it, that our grandparents, our elders, are very important to us as, as as well. That's something else we need to remember and make sure we do the best for them as we can. And in the world that we have today, it's it can be very difficult, very tricky to find time for that. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. So, um, and something I like to kind of bring up when you're talking about family, you know, we're talking about 
actually going to the family reunions, even though you want to play video games. Well, that's a good example. <laughs> uh, but actually getting out there and talking to the family and passing on the stories. And I think one of the reasons that family is so important and, and needs to be so important is there's so many things that our families have done, so many stories our grandparents and even our parents have to pass on to us. As you understand your family better, you actually also understand yourself better. Um, an example for me is I found out that uh, my grand, well, our grandpa, uh, used to play the fiddle, and I'm, uh, you know, a bit of a musician. I play the fiddle, and I play the only limitedly, but I also play the guitar. Um, that the opening song I did, and I'll admit it's not great, but it's still something that I enjoy to do, I enjoy doing, and it's really neat to say, hey, it's it's not just me, my grandpa also played the guitar, and you know, or played the fiddle, he played a musical instrument, and we had an aunt who um, was a music teacher, so you find out these things about you, you're like, well, it's not just us that's doing this, these other members of our family are doing it. Yeah, and I think you bring up a real good point. You know, the family is there. It's it's family isn't external. You know, family is really something. It's it's kind of a part of us. You know, and I do. I've learned so much for myself. Just you know, speak talk. You know, talking to my, you know, my grandparents and when they were still alive, and e even with my parents. You know, spending time with your pit with um with my parents. I know I've learned a lot of things too. Figure out a lot. Seen a lot of similarities I have with them. You know, and e even in some of our views and our ways of seeing things. And even our ways of living on a regular basis, you know, you know, family is much more than, you know, it's not something that's outside of you. It's really a very much a part of what we are and how we need to live our lives, really. So, yeah, yeah. So I think that's definitely we can see the advantages of of um, understanding our family. Now, mm -hmm. I want to go on to now. Um, obviously, we could get much deeper into each of these, but we're trying to keep it introductory. So I want to go on to another Ostromoral, which has always been very important to me, and that's the idea of the oath, taking oaths, and then keeping oaths sacred. Do you have a little bit to say on that? Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think oaths is, this is one of those things um, I tried to say before, which is one thing that sets us apart a little bit from a lot of others, you know, something that's not quite, we're not quite as familiar with. But um, oathing to us is extremely important, you know, an oath. And an oath is more, it's more than just, you know, um, saying what's right or, not, you know, not lying, you know, or, or keeping your word. It's even really more than that. Well, what it really is is something that gets to, you know, your very, really your very core, your very self that you put out there. When you make an oath, you make something that you have to stick with, that you will be a part of. It's it's a part of your, of you know, like I said, your identity, your your life, and that's why we have to make sure we maintain these oaths. And oaths today, you know, a lot of people don't don't even really know the meaning of the word. But you know, an oath is a, a an, an oath to yourself, an oath to 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 your honor, really, to who you are. And for us in Aza True, there's also spiritual connections to that as well. You know, because we do believe that oathing is extremely important, not only to make oaths, but or not only to keep oaths, but also to make those oaths to make sure that they're something that we do make a part of our life. Because an oath isn't an easy thing to to make. An oath is something that you have to risk a lot, 
and we have to be willing to make those risks in our lives. Yeah, I think you put yourself on the line when you make an oath. You put uh, a piece of yourself on the line if you're going to keep it. And um, something, I, I think it came up in a class, a biomedical ethics class I took once. You know, there's this idea today that we should take we should take less O's so we break less O's. But that's really mm -hmm. not what we should be doing. What yep. we should be doing is taking taking many O's but keeping all of them true. Yeah, exactly. I think that's something people a lot of times really miss is they say, well, well, if I never take the oath, well, then I don't have to worry about it. And, you know, even, even people in Austria sometimes will slide into that. But I think it's important that we don't go into that direction because we have to remember that, you know, the reason oaths are important to us, it's not just breaking the oath. It's also making sure that we take the oaths because those oaths are what further us in our lives. It's what makes us, and it, it strengthens our own connection to ourselves because it means we have to be responsible for our actions when we make an oath when we say we're going to do this we have to do it you know it's it's not something that we can falter back on you know other things in life you know you can always say well i'll just slip on that today you know or i don't really have to do that and it makes everything we say and everything we do and these words and these things we present to the world you know if we don't put any importance in them then and we don't put any need to take care of these things, then, you know, what are we going to put out there? What are we going to do in our lives? How are we going to better ourselves? You know, ultimately, how are we going to better our families? You know, you, you can't better your family. You can't better your, your even your image, even your, um, uh, you know, kind of your, uh, how you're seen in the world. Like I said, it's kind of goes into a part of yourself. But you can't make yourself, you know, an honorable person and someone who really does something for your family if, you're not willing to go out there and, you know, do the hard things it takes to get there, you know. Right. Yeah. And something that I like to mention about O's is it, maybe because it's a less common used word today, people are like, oh, O's don't really do anything. It's just these people obsessed with honor. They're not practical. But I think I've brought this up in the podcast before. As a matter of fact, they are. Every time you go to the car dealership and you sign a loan to... Yeah to pay your car payment back you are owing to someone that you are going to pay them back you're putting your your honor on the line and and of necessity mm -hmm. nowadays also legally putting yourself on the line but i think we see that owes is something that's really practical we could not have credit mm -hmm. we could not have the economy that we have today without owes so you can see this is absolutely it, essential to, to current it is, it, um, economy you're right. It truly is. It's a backbone of our economy, a backbone of our country, and, and a you know, way of life. Yes, exactly. And uh, another thing is, you're right. It's a way of life. But um, even, um, soldiers in our army also have to take oaths. You know, pol the police force have to take oaths. You know, um, and you know, even our doctors take the Hippocratic oath. You know, these are and these are have been the foundations of the society and the foundations of these institutions that keep us safe and has really built the civilization, built the you know the peace that we live in and and the like you mentioned the economy and all of these things have been built on the foundation of an oath and i think it's real scary and frightening to see that people seem to be taking them for granted now almost not making oaths anymore not in you, know, you hear all the time of people who don't maintain those oaths you know yeah but um yeah yeah that's true but yeah it's absolutely part of our part of our 
economy, every time I give you money in exchange for service, I'm trusting that you're going to give me that service. And I think it's it's nice to see that, you know, these morals aren't just these obscure things, but they're really part of our day-to-day life, and they're really really something that, that has functional value to it. So um, before we move on to some other Austrian morals, did you have anything else to say about oaths? Um, I think we've covered a lot of it. Um, I suppose I just continue to to push the importance of oaths, and I suppose the importance to make oaths as well. I think that's something that we need to be doing. Um, you know, I think in the All's of True community, especially, we need to be making sure that we start setting up, setting forward goals for ourselves, and we we do. We have to make that decision to decide to go out there and take those oaths. You know, even even when they're hard to do, and something that you know, it's it it because it, it does it binds you into things, and that's one thing. You know, one thing I wanted to also stress that something an oath does is it pushes you to really work. It pushes you to do the things that you need to do. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, definitely. I want to move on to honor, or maybe I should call it pride. I think something that really differentiates us from a lot of other religion is the fact that we think it's a good thing to be proud of yourself. Obviously, we want to do the the right thing and be honorable individuals. Mm -hmm. But also, when, when we do something, a good work, we're allowed to be proud of it. We're allowed to say, I did something and it was good. We don't have to say... We don't have to be humble. We don't have to say, I did something, but only because somebody else helped me, only because the gods let me do it. We can say, we did something, and it, and it was good, and, and sure, other people, of course, helped, and the gods were, were part of it, but ultimately, I did this thing, and I did it well, and I have the the right to be proud of it, and we have the right and mm-hmm. the obligation to be proud of ourselves. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, pride is something that seems like a lot of, you know, there are a lot of people out there have kind of discredited pride and almost see it as a bad thing or an evil thing. But pride is not at all a sinful action, you know, um, something in our beliefs. um in some of our bloats and things we like we will take uh what's called a braggy's bowl or a braggy's toast which and it is very much to just as it says to brag that's some that's actually where the word brag came from as from from the god braggy and i think that is something that's something we shouldn't forget in this society and something i think we're really going the wrong direction on our our continued dislike of pride and continuously saying that pride's a bad thing. You know, it's easy just to say it's a bad thing or just, you know, present it that way easily, but nobody ever really goes into what that actually means. And I think that it's important to to discover, you know, make sure you know before you're going to make such a statement, you need to know exactly what you're saying. And and what is pride really? You know, pride to be proud. To be proud is to do to do a good action, and reward yourself for it. Think that you are good because of it. It doesn't. Yeah, of course, that can go. It can fall into conceit, but pride is not conceit. You know, pride is just proud of what you've done, knowing that you've done a good action, and recognizing yourself for that, and recognizing others for that as well. Recognize others when they do a good thing, but also yourself, because yourself, the self is not an evil thing. It's not a bad thing. You know, the self is an essential part of our spirit and our soul, and what it's a part of what we are, and we can't, we shouldn't be degrading that spirit 
we shouldn't be degrading ourselves and to never give ourselves the you know the honor and the what we are due you know when we do a good thing it must be recognized and if you don't recognize that to yourself you know that it's going to stop you from doing it i mean why good do a good deed if you don't if you're not proud to do that good deed you know i think that's something that can definitely lead to if we're taught to hate pride and to to um try to be completely selfless in the sense that everything we do is basically worthless or not something we're going to recognize if we don't recognize what we do and the good that we do for the world then what's the what's to keep us or anyone else from continuing to do good you know it can bring us to a really distant distant part of the reality of the world we live in so i think we desperately need to maintain pride so you know you need to be proud of yourself and you know that you do good things when you do something good you know you should be rewarded for it and you should be praised for it and others should be praised for the good that they do but we have to be we have to be prideful of the good that we do and the good that others have done and we have to always remember that and maintain that we you know i think that's an essential part of life really is something that we need to remember in life we don't want to just be uh, disregarding these things just assuming that we should just kind of walk along and let let the wind of life carry us through you know it's such a sad and depressing way to live you have to do good deeds and you know Pride is something, you know, things like a belief in honor, like you said before, believing in honor and maintaining one's honor and believing in things like pride and bragging, you know, bragging that for when a good deed has been done. This was what continues us and pushes us forward to do more good deeds. And this is a big part, you know, I think that's a part of what life is, is going out there and doing deeds, planning and preparing and then executing those plans and preparations. You know, that's what's going to help you know not only ourselves but our families our communities our you know our states our nations and ultimately the whole world it's going to better betters all of us if we go out there to do good we don't want to be just sailing through life with no mission or no purpose or no meaning and anything that gives us that meaning is a good thing and we should support it as much as we can yeah i i think um that's true and now there are many more austro morals i mean there there's a whole oh, of course of <laughs> I have to throw out autonomy you know the, the right to make your own choices and free will mm-hmm. unfortunately we're not going to have a chance to get into any of those because we've got a lot of stuff to talk about so for the time being we're going to move on to how to make Ostru a part of your life. Um, there's a belief in Ostru that we live our religion. This isn't just something we do on Sundays, but this is a, a religion that's part of our everyday life. How do we go about that, or how do you go about that? Yeah, I think that I think you're right. This is a very important thing that we maintain, keep the religion in our life, and it can be a difficult thing. Um, and something a lot of Ozatrus do say that you know Ozatru is more. It's more than a religion. You know, it's not just a hat that you put at the door when when you come home. It's something we live every day. You know, and I think that's exactly what Ozatru is. Is it's is it's a lot more. 
it's a lot more than just a church you go to, you know, and I, it's sad to say that there are people out there that go to church, you know, and that's what religion is to them. But it's not at all because it's so much more for basically for all of us. Um, and all the true is it's not only, like I said, it's that connection to, it's not only that connection to deity, it's also our, you know, ourself, how we present ourself. Like I spoke of honor before, it's presenting that honor to the world. And it's something you have to maintain all the time. And the same with oaths, you know. You know, when you make an oath, um, even when you, um, you know, if you get married or anything, then you make an oath to your wife, you make an oath to your kids really many times to protect them, take care of your children. And these are things, you know, every day you go to work, you know, when we, you know, we go to work like everyone else. And, but when we go to work, we realize and we have to remember that, you know, keeping that money is a part of sharing that oath and part of really the faith. It's also continuing our honor in, in the eyes of our families and helping our families and our loved ones and of course there is a lot more to that as well you know we do believe in ritual and we do try to maintain that ritual to keep the gods in our lives which is a very important thing to you know not only just say you know we like family remember ancestors you know but actually to bring things like gods and ancestors into our lives and something that we remember and think about on a regular basis which is of course yeah um, I was going to say we are going to get into the ritual in a little, just just a little bit. So mm-hmm. we may keep that thought in mind, but um, uh, table it for the moment because that will be coming in the next couple minutes. And I'm I'm trying to get through everything. Mm-hmm. We may have tried to squeeze a little too much in here. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with you that Ossetru needs to be part of your everyday life. If you say you believe these things, you don't just say it at the horde. You just don't just say it at bloat, but you live these things, which is something that I often do at the bloat. Besides the braggy round or the brag round, we sometimes have a boast round where we say we are going to do these things, these good deeds, and we boast about them, and then you're... Um, obligated to fulfill them in your real life. You may boast that you're going to help a neighbor or whatever your boast is. You're go- you boast that you're going to do something, and then you actually go out and you do it. And I think that's important to bring religion and everyday life um, in concert with each other. You need to live your religion. You don't just say your religion, but you follow these beliefs every day. So now that we've said that... Um, We've got all these values and morals that we are living on a daily basis. So where do these morals come from? Yeah, and that was something I didn't quite, and you know, I was trying to touch on a little more um, uh, with bringing bringing the religion into our life. And I think a big part of that, and a big part of our living our religions as well. So we need to remember, we need to bring deity into ourselves, and deity into our families, and our people, and our folk. You know, and I think that's also an uh, extremely important part of it. And you know, that's and really, deity or God is uh, is of course the main basis of the religion. You know, and and I think that's one reason we do need to remember how we live this every day, and also why we're doing these things. You know, why we're maintaining these morals and these values. You know, why we're working, why we're 
you know, keeping our family strong. I think a lot of this does have to do with our connection to God. And for, you know, for us and all as a true, who, 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 I mean, it can be very complicated when you get into the deeper parts of theology, of course. Um, for me, I do believe um, typically we would be considered a polytheistic religion as we, we believe that there are that rather than God being one personality or one you know f- personal force you know floating up in the sky somewhere, we really see uh, God as something more diverse in work and we believe that there are many of these of these parts of God that we must understand how to connect to and well, that's for the record I I don't know if I see it exactly the same I guess I see them more as many individual gods than many parts mm-hmm. of one god oh I do I do and that's the that's kind of where I was going um because okay. I do yeah that they they are individual gods in reality and that's kind of where i'm saying that they are um that how how we see um deity isn't so much of the idea that there that there's one that all of these gods are fused together into one being or one form we believe that they are very much distinct and and not only are they distinct with you know our our own you know northern european folk but they are also distinct from many other people which is one reason we believe and at least i believe that others folks gods and their way of relating to gods isn't necessarily wrong i don't think we all everyone needs to see god in the same light in the same way that's one reason why i can see just as much truth can exist in many other indigenous religions whether it be you know the the gods of the hindu gods or the, the gods of egypt or uh, or even even the um shinto the japanese gods you know these are all valid beliefs and valid ways of connecting ourselves to deity or what we consider to be divine um, and and I do believe that they are individual you know there is there may be some slight you know you could consider them connected as they are deity but they are indeed individual beings and must be approached in individual ways you know I, and that is i think kind of a fallacy that our world has really pushed on us at least here in america is the idea that that deity or in the way to relate to deity is through one image you know typically you know it seems like the story you, you think you hear of God and you think of like you know and, mo- and so many people unfortunately think of this guy with a big beard sitting up on a cloud somewhere but this this is not how we should be relating to deity you know relating to deity should be more than just this one being you know it's not one male being can't make the decisions for trillions and trillions of people over thousands of years it's it, for, for me we, it has to be a more personal experience it has to be a god that truly understands us and a truly individual god of its own right you know because we we too are individual beings and we should be honoring individual gods and yeah, it's, it's always kind of made sense to me that in a world as diverse as ours which with as many different people and different types of people 
It would mm -hmm. make sense if the spiritual world was also diverse with many gods that's, and many different types of gods. Yeah, so I think that's a good thing, a good way to look at it. Something that's uh, kind of a way I've always looked at it too. Is that you know even from that objectivist what, um, um, viewpoint is, you know, let's look at our objective world. You know, we all know we're thrown into this world. But we look around, we see the beauty of nature. You know, I see these trees, and we see these huge ecosystems. And more science learns, and the more wiser we become, and it has shown us that you know, even these trees are made up of these little tiny little cells, these little organisms. And there's hundreds of organisms living in the tree, and and you, you see, and then on the tree and on the ground, there's thousands of organisms in it, and they're all working together to make this beautiful ecosystem. And even this beautiful ecosystem only a little piece on this planet that's flo that's floating around the sun with hundreds of other planets and they're floating in these huge galaxies i mean everything we see and everything we have known is diverse and vastly diverse i mean why would we ever think that when it comes to god it's different you know right right yeah that's that's a good point um let's go ahead and bring it back to our original question of where did we get these values? And when I say that, I guess I'm saying, do we get them from the Lord? Do we get them from our personal experience? Do we do it just because it's the rational thing to do? And um, before you answer, it's, it, there's, a, there's a quote that I've always liked. Um, it's actually Socratic, and I'll paraphrase here. Mm. But uh, basically the quote is, is something right because the gods say it's right, or do the gods say something is right because it is right? Um, and I guess my belief on this is the gods, as we've mentioned, you know, they've been around for a long time, and they are very wise. You know, they've been around since the, the beginning of, of the earth. And in that time, I think that they have come across their own understanding of what is right and what is wrong, what you need to run a strong society and all of these other things. So they pass it they pass it down to us. In my opinion, in the lore, you should always start by reading the lore, but also through the personal experiences you actually have with the gods, they will tell you what's right and what's wrong. And I think that we can also see that that usually these things really make sense, sort of like when we were talking about O's and how those are instrumental to society. We can see that the gods, and, and there's so much more about O's on the spiritual level as well, which isn't even being touched there. But I think that these gods really, really know all of this stuff, and they are giving us, giving us these morals because they have found them to be true. Yeah, I think it, yeah, I actually agree quite a bit with that. Um, you know, I'd almost have to have you repeat that little oath again. <laughs> that's 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 what you say, Socratic um, saying there. Um, but but yeah, I, I do agree that one of the ways definitely to relate to the gods is getting to know the gods. Um, that is a big part of it because they, you know, that's something we say in true and something. Um, I think a lot of people, especially earlier. Um, when they just start working with the gods, they they seem to try to treat them as they think they're just going to give them all this stuff. You're just going to, you know, call on them and they're going to make everything better. If you cry and whine, then it's going to be all, then they'll come down and they'll make everything wonderful. You know, they're going to drop money down on you from the sky. But that's, that's really not quite how it works in some way that I really see the gods as they're trying to, 
guide us, you know, and uh, they're guiding us to a to learning and understanding things on our own and finding these morals and these values. Now, and I think, now I think a big part of this guidance that they give us does come from our lore though um, and we of course don't see lore quite like some face do with sacral texts but but we do definitely believe that the lore is important and it is a way the gods have communicated to us some of these morals and these values and these things we spoke of earlier and these things are really in the lore and uh, that's one way the gods have talked us. And I think when situations get more complicated and, and harder for us to realize, I think, and things when we have to make these decisions our own, uh, you know, it does get to come down to things like prayer and um, relating to the gods is an important part of it. Yeah, definitely. I think so. Um, and I've always thought that it's it's good to start with the lore and, you know, read the lore because most of the morals and most of the ethics are in there. And you mm-hmm. can read the lore and, and see why they're saying those things in the lore. Why do those morals make sense? But then once you've done that, you know, it's not always crystal clear. Sometimes you need clarification or expansion of these ideas. And then you can do your own meditative work with the gods to get a personal experience. And, of course, if that personal experience is totally alien from the lore you know that's probably not the gods talking to you. You know you probably did something wrong. But if you use that personal experience to build on and better explain the lore, I think that can really enlighten things for us. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. You know, it is. It's kind of, you know, the first step is learning the lore and understanding it as well as we can. And I think the next step is doing all we can to just slowly bring the gods into our lives, you know. And as they come into our lives, I think they will help to continue to guide us and show how these, how things in the lore relate to us now. Because, you know, I mean, the lore is very ancient about a very a different time but these things really do relate to our lives today as well and where things get a little complicated and you know you have to what we're thought is a little difficult to figure out where it kind of goes and the the other thing is really it, connecting to those gods you know and honoring those gods and more you connect to them you know m- more you you, you more you pray, more you use these rituals, you know, and the more regularly you go to bloats, you know, the gods become more and more a part of your life, and as they become a part of your life, they it's they you start understanding them and feeling them and knowing them. You know, a lot of people in Laws of Truth say they're like our they're like our elder fathers, you know. Hmm. They're, they're almost like a like like fathers and mothers, you know. And uh, they teach us kind of like we teach our own children, you know, we have to see it that way. You know, sometimes you don't know why your parents are doing certain things, but there's usually a good reason for it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, before we move on to our next uh, big section, I was wondering if you could just quickly go over what are the gods? Uh, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before that I think they're actually self-aware, autonomous entities that really exist. We've had people say that they were ancestors raised to godhood. We've had people say that they were archetypes. Um, We've had people say that they were just aspects of ourselves to help us understand ourselves better. So if you wanted to talk about any of those, that would be great. And also if you could say what you personally believe about the gods and the nature of the gods. 
Yeah, the, the you know, and really that's theology, you know. Theology is, you know, a huge thing for all of us. Um, and it, it can be a sordid thing, especially in Ozatru. Um, you know, Ozatru is, a lot of people say, we're a kind of a denominational faith. And and there are some, especially when you get into theology, there can be some drastic differences when you look in some of the different groups. Um, and, you know, we don't have enough time to <laughs> go into all the many theological um, yeah. beliefs and values um, you know but but there are and I would always advise people you know to read as much as they can you just got to read as much as you can about stuff and you know and you know don't be afraid to you know read about the theodes and see how theodes see it and you know see how the odinists see it and some of the other groups you know because it all is all very different um <laughs> I suppose for me, I'm probably very similar to to Byron and Hugenhoff. Um, you know, I do believe the gods are are individual beings. You know, they are individual deities, um, and uh, I suppose I think that maybe I have a little bit more of. I see that I see some connections to the gods and between the gods, and I think they do relate and connect. Uh, they do connect to us, and I think they find ways to relate to us the best that they can, really. Um, and sometimes that's in many forms, you know. Um, Odin, Odin went to our people in many different, had many different names, and I think that is an important thing. Where, where I suppose I differ a little uh, from Byron's view of it is I do see, uh, I see some of the gods as you know gods. When you get into into understanding the history, I suppose and this isn't really lore, but when you look into history, we have uh, we have gods like um, like Saxnot and Tyr. You know, Saxnot was it was as I see it really just another name for Tyr and some people do believe he was a separate god but when you look at how similar he was to Tyr with the different you know he, you know, he was a sword god and he were, played the same role as Tyr and I really see those as the same as Tyr himself as Tyr coming to people in different ways and in ancient Europe you know when people were you know the best way, best way to get around was uh, you know a very short horse or probably one Walking, you know, people didn't have the technology to to be all completely connected, and languages were different, and there were a lot of differences. Cultures were different, and I think the gods, you know, had to come to people a little in slightly different ways. Um, I, uh, I suppose I kind of see that with some of the hold about some of the cultic kind of groups. There were a lot of groups that had certain certain areas they connected to gods, and uh, and a lot of times they had different names for I, I believe the same god, but it is complicated when you look into the history, you know, and I think. The lore is always kind of a guiding light for us on that, as well as our personal experience. And, you know, as we start relating to gods, we'll start seeing some of those other parts of them. You know, the gods are as complicated and actually more complicated than we are as beings. So, yeah, that's true. And, yeah, that could be a, a whole podcast in and of itself. Um, oh, definitely. <laughs> uh, now, I actually want to move on to our second section because I'm actually watching my time for a change. Um, just real, real quick, let's talk about bloat. Bloat is the way that we connect to these gods that we've been talking about <clears throat> in a ceremonial aspect, I suppose. What would you say about bloat and maybe how it works? Yeah, bloat. 
is, um, you know, it is something that's kind of hard to, to relate to some people, have a hard time relating with bloat or really understanding what it is. Suppose it is something that's a little different from us than, than some um, other religious traditions. Um, it might be, in some senses, it may be seen, uh, a lot of people see it more like a holiday, I suppose. I think it's a little bit more than that for us. Because um, bloat, and what bloat really is, is it's, it's gifting. It's calling on the gods, and it's bringing the gods into our sphere, you know, through prayer and through ritual. We bring the gods to us, and we also, you know, we symbolically give to the gods, because the gods have given so much to us and so much to our lives, and really everything we are, we owe to them. And this is kind of our gift of us giving back. It's an important belief, and all is true, that, you know, we don't, we believe that we should work for what we get, and when we gain something, we should, you know, mm-hmm. we we should be willing to give back. This is kind of, it's, you know, I almost see bloat kind of as, it's part of, kind of like if you had a good friend or a family member, you would give to them, you know, you would give gifts to them, they would give gifts to you to maintain, help maintain that relationship. And that's part of what bloat is, is giving to the gods they have given to us. You know, which is which is an important part of laws of truth. We don't want to get things for free. We have to work for what we get. That's a that's that's one of the ethics and the morals of us. You know, we're we're not we're not the parasites of the gods, nor are we their slaves. You know, we're we're equal partners in some senses. Of course, they are gods. You know, I mean. Uh, they obviously know a lot more, have a lot more uh, ability and power and understanding of who and what we are. And in reality, we need the gods to be in us as they are our, you know, they are our, our fathers and mothers. And it's important to maintain that connection, maintain that connection with truly, you know, um, Odin really, Odin's the father of our soul, father of our spirit. And we need to make sure we keep him in our life. And I think bloat is one of the most intense ways ways of doing that we have you know we have symbols to connect to each other and of course we have daily um prayers and things to connect to the gods and many other things but blow is really the intense part of that it's when you really emotionally and spiritually connect to those gods like you don't in any other time um different kindreds do this in different times some sometimes um, a lot of kindreds will do it once a month. Once a month is kind of the typical. Um, some of them don't, though. Some do, um, you know, six a year, or um, not many do four a year is rare, but there are some kindreds that do that less. But um, typically that's that's what I find um, is either once a month or something like six times a year, eight times a year, whatever works best for the particular group. Um I really, I kind of like the um, once every month. I think it's one of the best ways to do it. Yeah, that's where we are currently. Um, <clears throat> if you're curious when it is, you can go to hugenhoff.com slash schedule and actually mm. look at our schedule. But we are currently doing a monthly bloat because that makes sense uh, with all the preparation that goes in it. It's, it's uh, not really feasible to do it every week. And that's just almost too much. That's like burnout because, as Devin said, this this isn't just like I give a little speech on why the gods are important. This 
isn't even just something like the podcast that we're doing here where we talk about the gods, but this is actually connecting to the gods, which through ritual is one very important thing that we need to do to keep the gods mm-hmm. in our daily life. But it's a really big connection. I mean, you feel the presence of the gods at bloat, and doing it once a month is nice because you do it often enough, but you don't get that, I guess you call it spiritual burnout, which is where the daily ceremonies come in to keep the connection going. But the, the bloat is a really powerful experience. Yeah, and and I think you are right, you know, and I've never really heard of the kindred doing a bloat once a week, because um, it is, it's a little too intense an experience for that. We have, And we have many other things. Um, I know many kindreds would do um, study sessions or if, um, any things like that for for. for um, weekly, you know, weekly commute, you know, people get together on a regular basis and things. A lot of times they'll do a week for the study sessions and learning about the lore. And of course, to keep the gods in our lives, we do have them um, daily, daily ceremonies and sometimes weekly ceremonies to actually do some weekly things as well. Um, so, you know, the, the days of the week are named after our gods and that, that's another guide that we can kind of use for our daily. But, um, but bloat is really a lot more than that, and it's a much bigger thing, you know. And I, I think that you need to, you know, like I said before, I think four times a year, even six times a year isn't quite enough, at least, you know, at least for me. I really think I need to make that connection to the gods a little bit more regularly. And I think a month cycle is a, is a good way to do it, you know. Well, I wanted to hit on something else. Um, obviously, I'm in the... Yuganov kindred, so so I get the advantage of having the monthly bloats where um, where a few other people. Mm-hmm. Are. We're we're still a very small kindred. It's just uh, Lauren, myself, and um, Lore, and you know sometimes somebody else. Uh, usually not. So what I really want to get at is what about all those people who don't have a kindred close <coughs> to them, like. You know, if someone wanted to join my kindred, obviously that would be cool and I'd be fine with that. But there could be a lot of people out here who live in states other than Indiana, even outside the U.S. How would you suggest they do individual practice when they can't have a group and a blow in a classroom yeah, group? Yeah, I think that's very important, exactly. And I'm and I'm an individual practitioner myself right now. Um, you know, um, I I live a, oh a little over two hours from here, <laughs> so he so so he could hop a little bit of a drive. And I think so many kinders, you know, um, also true still in the earlier phases, you know. So we haven't built up, you know, real um, real uh, large, you know, Hoff foundations and things where we're all over the place. So um, you know, we're we're spread pretty thin in some parts of the country and it does make it hard or it makes it a little harder because and I'd always I'd always advise anyone if there are kindreds in your area you know you really should try your best to get to get a hold of them contact people don't be scared of them you know um, you know if you're ever worried there's plenty of websites and plenty of information out there that can help you and can uh, let you know what the reputable groups are or what really is all the true what isn't things of that sort um, and I'm sure Byron would be willing to help as much as he can as well mm. um but 
but a lot of times, you know, you just can't make that connection. You just can't make the drive to really be seeing people. And I think there's a lot of things you can do in ends and the things that I really do. Um, uh, you know, one thing I do is I do keep up, um, you know, daily, uh, daily rituals or daily ceremonies where I keep, where I, you know, try to remember the gods on a regular basis. You know, I will always give a prayer, uh, you know, um, usually in the morning and usually at night and I give prayers. I like to bless my food as well. That's, you know, hey, at lunch and dinner, it's good to bless your food. Remember the gods are there. You know, I think that's, it's real important because it's so easy to lack, go lax and to slide on things when you're the only one there. So you really got to keep up with that ritual stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You got to make sure you do it every day. You really do, um, and you can also maintain bloat. You can do bloat yourself. Um, bloat, blo- doing a bloat yourself is a lot different. It is, but but it's still important, and you still get that intense experience with the gods. And you need to make sure you do those on a regular basis as well. Um, something else I think helps people a lot is there's so much information out there, especially on the web. You know, you can. There are so many things. Um, a lot of rituals. You can go to the the OR our website, um, I know they sell Odinic Rite Rituals, which is a good ritual set to go by. Um, I believe the AFA also does the same thing. There's a lot of different um, ritual books that can help you learn different rituals and different guidelines that you can go by. And uh, Another thing I think that helps a lot is things like mailing groups and um, I know there are lists and things out there. Um, and there's things like this podcast where you can you know, listen to other auditors, see what other um, people, people, folk out there are doing and uh, kind of learn more as much as you can by reading and things like that and then try to create those rituals and those daily ceremonies and things you need to do so I think that helps a lot and if you know any you know if you know a lot of groups have um, large meetings or a lot of times you can meet other auditors if you know other auditors you know maybe you can't make it every month but you know make it every three or four months you know because that's that's better than nothing at all. I would like to jump in here real quick. Um, The AFA, just because I happen to have downloaded this book recently, did do a book called Also True Book of Oh, my phone just went down. Also True Book of Blotar and Ritual by the Hmm. Also True Folk Assembly, and that is actually on Amazon. I know, Mm -hmm. I don't know the rest of my audience, but I know I'm obsessed with technology, so something being <laughs> on Amazon in Kindle format was very convenient to me, and that is in Kindle format, so mm-hmm. I just thought I'd mention that. Uh, yeah, I would say that that is an excellent resource, that's, you know, and I wasn't sure how that that, that was going. Um, yeah, and uh, like I said, I know the, the um, OR has had the, uh, a book of Blotar for a long time. And I'm sure they have a web version of that. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, I'm not sure they really there. There might be something out there, so it would definitely be something to look into. You know, go but but go to those main. You know, I think those main websites are really good and good resources for people, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so we've talked about if you have a group of people, you can do a bloat. Uh, as far as individual practice, you can do daily ceremonies, and I think people in a kindred should. I would suggest that they also do mm-hmm. daily yeah. ceremonies. 
nice. Yeah, I think that really goes for everybody, you know. It's more than just, you know, more than just general people, you know. It's it, it's something for people in, in bullets need to be doing daily things on a regular basis. Um, now, I do think it is especially important, though, for somebody, um, a, 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 um, an individual practitioner, you know, somebody that uh, doesn't have those other groups because, like I said, it's 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 a lot harder to do it when you don't have somebody pushing you. You know, when you don't have that meeting, you you can when you can blow it off. You know, and you need to make sure you don't blow it off. Though you need to make sure you go ahead and do it anyway. You know, mm-hmm. so I. Yeah, I think that's something that's very easy. That's one of the nice things about a group. Um, you feel obligated, sort of, to mm. come every month because you're part of this group, that's, and you you don't have the excuse to blow it off. And if you're going to call in sick, so to speak, you know, you better really have something going on, or you're going to mm-hmm. feel bad. But if you're an individual, it's it's so easy yeah. to just uh, forget about it. Yeah, and and I think that's a big part of it. But now I will say that you do get something from having um having a, a um being involved in a blow with um other people is a different experience, and it is something that you should at least experience, you know, at least uh, as much as you can. And you know, if you're a solitary practitioner, you know, if, you know, try your best to look for other people doing the same thing and other people really interested in the faith, and you know, trying to create at least a small group for yourself um, for your own family but um because it is important for us to kind of connect and be together when you connect and when you have that social group of people with the gods it really does make a different kind of experience so it's important to try for but yeah and i think um you know it's it's not like if you can if there's no one around you and you're an individual practitioner you're not real also true you're, you're definitely still also true and definitely still communicate oh, with the oh. gods of course, we yeah, we don't we, you know there's there's no Oz a true pope you know right. Uh, right exactly but I I just wanted to say a little something about um, the advantages of being in the groups I think there's two main ones well three main ones the <clears> first <throat> one is you know as you have more people there the ceremonies can feel stronger because you're yeah. sharing them with other people definitely another thing is at least in my kindred and I found this to be the case probably in most kindreds after bloat you sit around and you talk to the other people you can bounce ideas off of each other mm-hmm. you can learn from the other things that people say during bloat as as um, hails and everything you can have new ideas about the gods, you know, maybe what the Gothi says really strikes you, maybe what your kinsman says really strikes you. You can learn about the gods in that way. And also, I mean, we mentioned family in in some of the Ossetrum morals. You really have an almost indescribable connection to your kin members. When you've been bloating with someone for for years, there's a real closeness that comes because you're, you're mm-hmm. bound in kinship and friendship among yeah, the, and, by the gods themselves, and it's just a really close experience that you get, which which is very beneficial, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and it is. It's um, you know, by having other people there, you do bind people. You know, you're really bound to those people, and typically we'll. I mean, not, and not always depending on on the situation, but a lot of times, at least many of the people in the kindred will actually oath together, make oaths, um, and it does definitely bind you together and bind you with those other people and those other folk. Um, and something else I think you presented too is is you're right. You get you get a lot by being around other people. You you 
see the religion some you can see it in different ways you can see different descriptions different ways of looking at certain things and you you can i think it helps you with your own spiritual growth you know you can see other other directions and other ways of and even things like ritual other ways of doing rituals and other ways of of practicing and other things you can do um so something else i think um People, I think, helps us out a lot to have um, groups around us. Again, you know, I think it can get into that. Not only, like we were saying, if you're um, if you're pushed into, if you're if you have a group around there, then you know you're going to go to the actual um, group. You know, you're actually going to go to the bloat, but you're also going to do more social things with those people. You know, and you're going to develop a strong friendship with them. Um, you're also probably going to develop by being with people like that. Together, you guys can do a lot more. You know, by having a group of people, you can out and go out together and do charity works and other things to, you know, try to educate people and try to make the world a better place. Um, as well as, you know, I think... Um, Really, as well as, you know, by using that symbol, you know, which is kind of what symbol really is, which is a part of bloat. I think you you develop something that's almost like a family, you know. You know, I said friendship, but a lot of times it does kind of get almost into kind of a, a different family. And it's a great thing if you do have, you know, if you have um, a family, wife and kids, I mean, it's great to have uh, something like that that can bring you guys together. You know, we said before that um, family is such an important part of, a, a part of our religion, our belief. Well, one of the essential ways of keeping your family together, you know, is practicing doing our, you know, practicing your religion side by side, you know, and, so, and, you know, bloat is one thing that can do that for us. Yeah, I think so. Uh, definitely some, some good stuff said there. We are actually coming up to the end of our show, so we have talked about a lot and gone over a lot, so Devin, do you have any final words, anything you want to tell or leave our audience with? Well, I suppose, um, you know, just kind of to recap on things, I suppose the, uh, uh, you know, some of the important things of Oz are true. Um, one of the big things I would really tell people is to make sure they learn as much as they can. If, if people out there are interested in the religion, interested in the faith, you know, I think going out there and reading about it, learning about it, re realizing what it is, seeing the different views, you know, and, you know, I think it's getting, it's getting a lot easier than it was. There are a lot of, you know, there are a lot more organizations and groups and people out there now that are getting involved. But, um, you know, trying trying to learn your best about it, and then eventually, hopefully, you can yeah, get into a kinder, get into a group one day. And if you know if you're already in a group, you know, continue to you know try to put the water word out there, teach new people, um, and also to teach your own people. Try to get out and you know do do good for the world. I think is an important thing. You know, we need to make sure we're out there and and starting to do some charity works and uh, and other things like that. Um, you know, not only teaching, but but there are plenty of good charities. I think all the can go out there and start working in and, and helping out with. And I think we can really help the world become a much better place than it is, which I think is a big big part of part of Oz. True is 
you know, help not only helping ourselves, but also helping our, you know, our communities, you know, and really our nation and the the people we're around. And I think it's a real important thing, an important value to the folk and really what the gods want us to do right now. I think that's something, you know, that social connection is something that so many of us have lost, you know, in that in that ancient time, you know, back in back in those early times people relied on each other and needed to be around each other so much. And you know, our our modern world is kind of separating us from that and separating us from family and community. And I think we need to make sure that we start bringing ourselves back together. I think cause of true is one thing that's definitely going to do that for us. And I hope our folks start realizing, recognizing that the true way to deity within the gods and goddesses of the North, you know, this is really the way to find, to find our way back to our folk. And I think when we do this, we're going to make um, a connected world again. And when we become more connected and when we learn family and learn the values and the morality that we need to, to make us a more cohesive um, society and a society that betters the world and betters ourselves rather than destroying things, then I think it's going to lead us into a place where we can walk into this modern age with the responsible and necessary tools to live in it, you know. I think, you know, the world is changing drastically right now, and um, it seems like people just aren't quite ready for it. But I think within this faith, we can be ready for it, and we can have our technology, we can have this massive and beautiful world we've been given with this great knowledge and wisdom. And I think we can live with this technology, but not remember those cohesive and important parts of who we really are, which is the families we come from, you know, our people, our folk, and reconnecting to deity again, reconnecting to Odin. So that's, I suppose that's the majority of what I want to try to say here. Okay, very good. Um, I do want to thank you once again for uh, coming on the show and sharing some of your thoughts with us. It was very nice of you. And we'll have to have you on again at some time in the future. So thank you again to my guest, Devin, my brother. And I wanted to say to everybody out there, if you had any questions about this podcast or ideas for future shows, please send us an email at hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions for Devin in particular, go ahead and send an email to that email address, and I will forward your questions to him so he can answer them for you. And again, remember my website can be found at www.hugenhoff.org. That is H-U-G-I-N-H-O-V I'm sorry H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F dot org Thank you very much for listening and everyone have a good rest of your month. Brahe. Brahe.